Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show This Week in WordPress and Tech on September the 16th. We do this show every Friday around 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. You can join us live and comment, and I will show your comments during our discussion. You can do that by going to the YouTube channel or joining the WP Tonic Facebook group page, and you can be part of the discussion. What more could you ask for? Uh, we've got a small panel, but a powerful panel. We've got a returning guest. It's been a long while since Matt has been part of the show, but it's always great to have you on the show, and hopefully you come on a bit more regularly if we don't put you off during this <laughs> show, which will probably will happen. It'll probably take a couple of years for you to recover. So, Matt, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me back, Jonathan. I mean, yeah, it has been a while, but that's okay. We, we could do a cycle once every few years. Uh, I have Tilted Pixel. We're a membership consultancy uh, we basically help grow membership sites. So people who have some sort of membership-based business uh, hopefully already have a little bit of traction and you're trying to figure out the next steps uh, on how to grow it. Uh, we understand that business model in and out. We have lots of membership clients and we'd love to talk to you. That'd be great. And Matt's one of our great speakers at the, the Membership Success Summit. <clears throat> which we're doing at the end of this month on the 29th and 30th. Please join us for that. It's going to be, a, we've got some fantastic speakers. We've got Pat Flynn, we've got Spencer, we've got Matt. It's just a, a dream speaker list. And you'll find the link in the show notes. Um, so, um, um, John, um, Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? It's Spence from WPLaunchify.com, veteran of WordCamp US, San Diego, <laughs> official shirt wearing for that. Oh, yeah, it's very impressive. I've um, got uh, my friend Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Sally Getch, the WP fangirl, and alas, did not make it to WCUS. <laughs> I think and, you're, and you're on your newsman, newswoman, uh, remote microphone version right now. Yeah, I don't think it's going through your mic, Sally. It's going through something that sounds actually um, quite nice. John, John, would you like to introduce yourself, John? Yeah, I'm John Locke from Lockdown SEO, and we provide SEO services to industrial and manufacturing companies. That's great. And before we go into the main stories of the week, and we've got some excellent stories, I've got a couple of messages from my major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. 
with free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I just want to point out, I do a great newsletter every week where we discuss these stories and I do an editorial and I go into more depth <clears> on <throat> one of the stories. Um, plus, um, if you go to this page, there's some great offers from the sponsors and other great resources. And to get all this, you go over to WPTonic slash newsletter and all the goodies are there. So let's go straight into it, panel. Uh, obviously, I attended, so did Spence, so did a lot of other people in the WordPress space. Um, WordCamp US 2022. And then we had this um, thing in the tavern from the great leader, Matt Manweg, renews push for colonial plugins. I can never pronounce it correctly. Um, canonical, but I canonical. kind of like, the I, I yeah, I like Definitely not colonial. Maybe colonial. I, I don't know. The, the connotation of colonial. I, so I think his... I think Jonathan's misstep on that actually sounds more like what Mullenweg is proposing. Well, I did choose my words carefully there, actually. Uh, it was a bit of a pun, actually. Uh, um Spencer, obviously you've got things to say about this. So off you go, Spencer. I found the whole thing a bit depressing, to be quite truthful. The no, article. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to lead in with a couple, obviously, topical San Diego references because... So, to, I, I promise, just give me a little lead on this line here. So, uh, going to San Diego, to me, was interesting because <clears throat> it turned out to be completely vendor-on-vendor, there was zero customers. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. However, I think that worked in our favor because while the rest of San Diego and California were rocking it with all kinds of real corporate events with tens of thousands of people, there was just like all the right vendor people you wanted to meet in this very tight circle where ironically, for all of its and purposes, everybody was mask-free in the living world. And I am Mr. All vaccines, all masks, lived in a bubble like everybody. But the world, in this case, in the lobby was like the rest of the world. And then everybody put on their scuba gear and went into the event, which was just silly, ridiculous. But as far as the event is concerned, the vendor booth area was a total awesome way to see people. I got all the bling I could get. Zero people went to any of the speeches, except for when Fearless Leader showed up. when. They teleported him in just before the thing. He showed up through the back door like the Wizard of Oz. Then this otherwise depressingly empty 800-person auditorium that was empty, devoid of people for all the other speakers, for good reason, because there's just vendors there. Everybody listened intently. And then Mullenweg goes off with this kind of nonsense on top of other nonsense. So... This is such nonsense because after having met everybody and socializing with them and talking to the vendors and people, I have a lot of tweets back and forth. I have no intent on becoming in charge of any of this stuff, but I do absolutely intend on being a provocateur to get all the vendors organized and the agencies and the consultants around 
There is no one Wizard of Oz here who runs WordPress. Matt started it. We own it. <laughs> and this is the kind of bullshit that can't continue going on. Canonical plugins means I don't want to be bothered with other companies making stuff that isn't under my control. That's plain and simple what it means. It means you can make stuff that accelerates or amplifies plugins that we basically put into the core or we basically say are authorized. And it's just code word for, oh, you people keep bothering me with stuff that's interfering with what I'm doing on .com and through automatic because you have this oh, open source thing that I, by the way, should be the champion of because that's what my success story is based on. WordPress is one of the few companies that 18 years later or whatever is actually still open source. And he is full 100% the guy should be given credit for most of that. But now that it's here, he's got to get out of the way, plain and simple. So, Matt, as a slightly outside viewer, I think you've got one foot in the WordPress and one foot out. Um, very wise, Matt. Uh, um, uh, um, as a slightly outside observer, what do you think of all this, Matt? Well, it's so interesting because, first of all, like Spencer had approached it from a completely different perspective than I was even thinking of. And, and I think I get it, right? I, I think everything you say just makes me rethink everything I was thinking. Um, because yeah, uh, you know, you've got this open source community and you're, you're putting in all this editorial control and saying like, these are the plugins and that, that makes the whole colonial thing very, very funny. Um, but I was thinking at it from a different perspective because I mean, I've used, I, I've had involvement in WordPress, like, like Jonathan said, I've had one foot in, one foot out, but like my first involvement with WordPress was probably right around the time that it came into existence, right? I'm from the era of, uh, whatever came before it. Um, I'm blanking now, but there was a different blogging engine before that. And then WordPress came or came along and then, you know, fast forward a couple decades and you kind of wonder where the time went. And it's like, WordPress has always had certain problems where it's very difficult to sort of wrangle all these plugins together. And I have always viewed it as WordPress plugins are its biggest strength, but also its biggest weakness. Yeah. Because... Oh, but Matt, I'm so interrupt, but I know a company, um, it's got some connection with the host that can that solves this problem, actually, when it comes to membership sites. I just thought I would make a plug, Matt. I mm -hmm. apologize. <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Like, like I just think, uh, yeah, like I think the it, it's difficult when you're building sites to keep all these plugins wrangled together. And yes, you're right. There are absolutely ways around that. So maybe in some ways it's a solved problem. But like personally, like it hurts me when I see a plugin die or not get maintained. And then you have all of this legacy code that struggles with that. But that's sort of like in my very nature. I've, I've always been pro, like, let's not break things. Let's have a migration path that doesn't well, break things. I, apolo I apologize for interrupting your flow of thought. I do yeah. that too often and I really apologize, Matt. So just humor me. Uh, um, so, John. I agree with Spencer. This is, um, I, I just don't want to go, I'm so conflicted here, John, but this is bonkers stuff. This is Wizard of the Oz 
Oz stuff, isn't it, John? Well, there, there's definitely uh, the project itself is changing and it's moving in a direction. I don't know where that's going to resolve to. But some of the comments on this article, one person states that uh, maybe this is a way to eliminate competition for uh, things that are not automatic in automatic's interest or, or plugins that they directly control. Um, some people are saying that, uh, you know, who's going to decide this, you know, and, and the plugin search is kind of skewed. Uh, to favor certain ones already. There are certain plugins I think should already be in core, such as the disabling comments. You know, things like that should already be in core, as far as I'm concerned. But um, one person said that the uh, search feature is is terrible because there's only four people running the plugins part of this, and Matt directly uses... Uh, a couple of those. So he is de facto kind of controlling this and they won't let anybody else into to contribute to this. So, you know, these calls to, to open source to uh, control this, this is a way to uh, kind of control this whole thing. And we did finally find out uh, at this WordCamp US as well as something that we've long suspected. And that is that .com is only 1% of all the WordPress installs. So all uh, of the numbers that you see, 99% of that is is the uh, self-hosted. I think it'd be in their best interest to kind of put as much resources into still growing the self-hosted because obviously that's what people want. But what the VCs want is a solution that competes with Wix and Squarespace which is why the project is going the direction that it's going. Well, that's why it's semi-schizoid, isn't it? Because you got yeah, to, I, re- yeah. you got the reality that you've just outlined so clearly, John, and yet you got um, invested oh. interests that want. Sorry, go on. I'll add something go- to John's thing, but I had several conversations at the after after party with some people. I will I will not say who it was, but we can. There's photographic evidence. People who are representing some of the companies that have 14 million plus users and have a page builder. And suffice it to say, they're taking the approach, as best as I can say, on good authority, that WordPress is an accessory to what they're doing as a platform. Just as we've discussed over and over, it's in progress. But in other words, if you think of open source as being, what's like, well, like Galileo, right? Does do the planets revolve around Earth, including the sun revolving around Earth, or the other way around? And obviously Galileo was right over Copernicus, but right now the religion of Matt Mullenweg here is that everything revolves around WordPress as the center of this universe. But other platforms are looking at like, well, that could be just one of the factors involved. And so if you look at this other platform, they've got the means to optimize the user experience, not the least of which you can probably expect this in the future, that the default editor is their editor and that all the things that get in the way are removed or fixed when you're on their platform. And by the way, there'll be a transportation mechanism to bring people over from a self-hosted WordPress first into their thing because they have the engineering, the money, the resources, the documentation to solve what's otherwise a complete shit show of parachuting into a, a flea market 
and trying to figure out how to put together a website without yeah. experts like I, that. I so, kind of, I see where you're coming from, but the problem with what you've just outlined is it just becomes and then a glorified SaaS platform. So I'm in the middle ground with what you've just I'm saying made. WordPress.org can adapt that when we get Matt out of the way of trying to tell people what to do and let us organize ourselves into a platform. WordPress.org, amongst the actual people who make stuff, could have people making features for the thing instead of all of us trying to make a stack that competes with each other. Right, so, Sally, um, I do, you know, I think having somebody that economically um, bandwidth, politically, economically has total dominance over a project is great when that person, um, when the project is growing leaps and bounds and they seem to be doing certain positive things, but it's not quite such a good balance when they seem very out of step with the realities of the situation. And we seem to be there, and I, I don't think there's anything that can be done about it because because of the way things have been set up. Um, that individual doesn't seem to be listening to any advice or doing anything practically to solve the situation. It's a bit sad, I feel. What do you feel, Sally? Well, looking at this, um, you know, the article seemed a little confused. Like, so canonical plugins versus feature plugins. I remember feature plugins as as a concept, still a perfectly good concept, uh, uh, you know, works in some cases. Uh, but uh, it, it all nevertheless seems a bit confused uh, as if indeed our, our fearless leader has perhaps gotten slightly lost uh, in the quest to satisfy the VCs uh, and and do what the investors want, um, which is uh, uh, contrary to, you know, the thing that has built up uh, the growth so far uh, of WordPress, uh, which has always been about the self-hosted uh, platform and the community and the open source um, aspect of it. And so, um, you know, not sure how well Matt is going to do writing this particular tiger. Uh, well, it's not going to go anywhere, is it? But, you know, it does not necessarily mean that, uh, you know, uh, WordPress and, and all of those who use it uh, have to pursue uh, absolutely uh, after it. And you know, yeah, there was somebody on the in the comments on the tavern who said, "Hey, there's only four people, and they're not letting anybody else in." <clears throat> I don't have any confirmation of that. It could perfectly well be true or not. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine it is. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, uh, what, what's the so alarming, Sally? It, it's a it shows an individual that just isn't isn't isn't. I'm, I'm really struggling to find appropriate words here because I don't just isn't on board just isn't with it um doesn't understand the reality well I I I think it's I don't know whether he understands the reality or doesn't understand the reality but it seems as though he's trying to shoehorn what we have into uh a particular uh, vision that will keep the paymasters happy uh and you know it it's simply uh it's not very well designed to fit there 
uh, and that may uh, actually be, you know, a bad decision in terms of uh, achieving the world domination, which it seems like he personally uh, has always wanted to achieve. Yeah, you might be right there. All right, let's go on to story two. Uh, oh, God, Adobe requires Figma for a mind-boggling, mind-boggling mixture of cash and shares, for, but estimated at $20 billion. Matt, what's your thoughts about this news story? It makes sense for Adobe. You know, I could take it or leave it for Figma is the problem, right? Do we really want Adobe owning Figma? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, the de- that's the death of it, isn't it? It, it might it's be, finished. yeah. It's finished. it's finished, isn't it, in reality? Yeah, it's going to get integrated into everything else. And once again, Adobe owns the market that they temporarily well, lost. They're mono- well, they're monopolists, aren't they? Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. It's like, a dirty word that people in Silicon Valley and that don't want to use, but Adobe is the core of a monopolistic attitude, isn't it? No, if, if you're in the web corporations space, operate yeah. that way. If you can't defeat your competitors, you buy them. Sorry, go on, Matt. Anything else to say, Matt? I'm- no, that's it. Yeah, if you're in the web agency space like it used to be, you were on the Adobe stock. Now we're back to the Adobe stock. It's that simple. Yeah, they. Um, but do you think, do, um, Spencer, do you think the authorities are just going to stomach this again? Because Adobe, they did this with Macromedia many years ago. Adobe is just the champion of being a monopolist. They should have been broken up. And they're another one on a long list, in my opinion, that should have been broken up. Uh, um, but it is what it is. What do you reckon, Spencer? Well, I'll reference Balsamic. Do you remember back in 2008, Peldi and his team were very well known at the time. This is one of the first companies that did that. Oh, you know, like similar to what Rob Walling did and Nathan Berry did with various CRMs. But he created this wireframe tool called Balsamic and it's family owned, still is. And the thing is, I, I don't know if I agree with your last statement. Um, we live in a capital driven society, which has proven to work, even though I am very far liberal leaning and socialist about even how, I mean, the the word socialism is so stupid because like all the people with money use socialism. They just don't like to call it socialism. It's corporate socialism. But the point is, is that we live in a capital driven society. You have money, you give it to me to solve a problem. And if it works, we sell it for a shit ton more money so you can go use the money after your vacations and stuff to make more money and so on and so forth. So it is completely normal for Adobe to buy anything they can that increases their size and scale. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, should they be allowed? To, I'm not yes, saying that. Because, because you can't, you like, again, on a legal standing, I actually did this when I was a moot court a team leader in law school. I argued in front of Justice Scalia and now the deceased Justice Starr, who was very, he threw his career away, if you ask me. But like the point is, we argued over antitrust stuff. And there's antitrust laws like the Clayton Act, the Sherman Act, that are involved for things like railroads, monopolies, utilities, things where the public Petrol companies. Petrol companies. In other words, like the society ceases to function when one company owns it all, right? 
there's 8 million competitors to whatever this software is doing. I mean, it's cool, but I got to tell you, this is one software I've never actually used. I wireframe out using the other tools like Whimsical or, or Balsamic, and I get along just fine. So end of the day, this is normal. This is expected. It's not even like a huge windfall because they did start the company like 10 plus years ago. A lot of these companies that sell for $20 billion or are worth it, like Canva, which I love, was started only four or five years ago, and they've got $50 billion valuations. So just get over it because Adobe is the gorilla in the room like Microsoft or like Oracle or like any of those companies. They're not going to go away. They're not going to be broken up. But there's tons of cool companies you can use instead if it bugs you. And I got to tell you, like my video editing experience, that's where I spend a lot of time in software. I used to use the Adobe products way back when. Mm. And since then, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. I would just Well, use- I try... I do still utilize the minimum. Um, I've found ways of not having to give them their full monthly subscription. I just don't want to give them money because I just really hate Adobe. I just hate them as a company. They're the whole thing. Um, They're on my hit list of people. I I wish them well, but I don't want to give them any money. Um, So, John... I think Spencer made some really good points, but I I do think it really does stifle um, the industry to some degree. It's great for the VCs. It's great for the founders. I'm not sure it's so great for everybody else. What was your own view, John? Yeah, I mean, and this is is something that I tweeted out the other day um, when it comes to this because it's like, okay, Adobe buys Figma and it's a bad thing, but if a WordPress get the company gets bought by EIG or GoDaddy, then it's awesome because that's the attitude that I always hear within our own community is when companies are acquired by questionable companies, if it's on our team, then it's okay. But when it's, you know, Figma, it's bad. I mean, the truth of the fact is, is the founders or the, the stakeholders, they're going to sell that company if a deal like that is on the table, they're not going to say no to $20 billion. Okay. The thing that I saw somebody say, which I was not aware of, because again, I use, I use like the Adobe creative cloud. Uh, I don't really have a big beef with Adobe. Um, If there was something that came to light, I could, you know, have a beef with them. But uh, somebody said that the, the bigger deal is that Figma is used uh, is a way for people in Latin America, South America, and Africa to access design, a design tool. And I'm assuming that's because they have a free tier or they have a low-cost tier. They, and have, that, they have a substantial free tier. It's cross-platform. It's yeah. web and app. It, 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 it's great for responsive design. Well, that's gone, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so basically, like that's the bigger deal, not the fact that like it went to a company that you that is the cool kids don't like. And as D- Daniel Shutsmith is saying in the comments, Adobe is buying the community and they're buying the cool factor of Figma. It's used by all the major designers. The fact it is, just some of the designers will stick with it and some of it will go to the next thing. But they're not. To me, Adobe is not like an evil company like GoDaddy was when they bought Media Temple at the time. Or I could name like, you know, 10 dozen like other tech companies that are way more on the evil scale than Adobe. 
Yeah, I think you made some really interesting points, Sally. What What do you reckon? Well, it to me, it feels kind of like the uh, Getty Images acquires Unsplash, yeah. um, a, a, a sort of thing. That here is a a, a resource that was started uh, uh, to be an alternative uh, to things like Adobe uh, being bought by Adobe, and yeah, it's you know it's great for uh, uh, the uh, creators of Figma and. Uh, those people and you know congratulations to them because uh you know i wouldn't turn down 20 billion dollars either uh <clears throat> but uh it, it, you do wonder is this then just going to be turned into uh a uh, uh, uh you know another uh uh expensive money-making subscription tool managed in a corporate sort of a way. And, you know, that is not necessarily going to be good for people who use it. Now, there are some, uh, you know, alternative tools uh, that are out there. But one of the nice things about Figma, which really took off in in ways that things like Envision didn't, is that it's cross-platform you can use it on the web you can do a lot with it free there's a lot of uh plugins for it to help you with wireframing different tools um yeah it's all it's all right to say there's competitors but the reality it's a bit like wordpress you got it's all it's all the it's the whole thing it's the whole community all the third party add-ons it's the whole thing right and it's it's you know for several years uh you know uh all the designers wanted to use sketch um which is mac only and uh you know but which people liked as an alternative to uh, Adobe, uh, and then Figma started to become more popular. You know, partly because it's cross-platform, and and uh, partly because it has certain tools for uh, you know a, a, a responsive mockup that that work better than uh, than Sketch. And perhaps something else will come along. I don't think this eliminates all competition but i but i also think it it is sort of back to that question of you know do we want uh colonized plugins uh and uh you know if things are going to be sort of curated who does the curating one thing it really does clearly show in adobe a total lack of any originality planning any ability to think of anything really is a similar thing that's going on in Apple and other te- very large tech companies. A total lack of, <laughs> of any real. Um, uh, well, this is what original. To be a big corporation, you have big corporate concerns, and then you have big corporate inertia. Yes, you have you have protective layers of ladder climbing and compartmentalization. It's similar to like how you try to get paid by a big company. If you deal with an entrepreneur, their focus is: look, it's me and two people. We got to get this done. How much is it going to cost? You go to a corporation, and there's 15 different people in the chain of just getting them to push a button to send a wire transfer, and everybody is concerned. If I if I push this button. Will that allow me to go higher up the ladder or take me down and knock me off? And nobody is going to risk their personal career path on, hey, look at this cool new thing we call, you know, invented called Figma or something. That's why they go and buy cool. 
And I was listening to here with Daniel's comment and stuff, but it's like, that's one of the problems we're talking about at Automatic as well. It's like, it was cool when a dozen of us were sitting around in Matt's backyard painting his fence, but now we're all sort of like doing our thing, trying to be cool. And he's on the porch with no original idea from Automatic going, eh, no, yes, no, yes. It's the same thing, except they're not spending money to buy up all the companies internally in Automatic. Maybe that's an idea that should happen. Maybe, maybe well, the they've, investors... they've done a fair amount of it. And then what has happened? Look at they the killed them off. Like uh, that, the, the one CRM product was the last one I remember dying off and being buried somewhere. But well, it's was, funny uh, that you put that because I want to go on to the next story. And I really, uh, really, it's a new story I introduced this morning. It came up on the tavern. But I really, uh, I'm really interested in this story, and I also think you can, can you can uh, uh, apply some of the things that are stated in this story to the whole WordPress ecosystem at the present moment. And the story is BuddyPress plugin usage declining, remaining <coughs> contribution uh, discussed path forward, and. I thought it was a fascinating article because you you can apply everything and in some way the nonsense that was, in my opinion, the semi-nonsense that was said in this article um, and the tone where it attacks a certain other player, um, it was mind-boggling to me. Um, it just showed, you know the state of things, really. What do you, once again, Spencer, what did you reckon about this particular article? A couple of clarifications for those who might need it. First of all, Michael Eisenwater and Tom Chadai, who are running Buddy Boss, are the reason why Buddy Press, which uh, used to be Boone Gorgas, and I think indirectly with uh, BB Press was our friend. Uh, Jai yeah. Uh, the reason that it has died on the vine is tied together in a comment by Anita, which is how I got involved in WordPress originally, because I became internet famous through working on the Ning platform before WordPress was a thing, 2005-ish, 6-ish, something like that. And my companies, and it's weird how it's full circle, became known for being a provocateur when Mark Andreessen spent $100 million before Facebook and YouTube were things to say, well, we got this loud cloud platform. Let's allow anybody to make a social network about anything for any reason. And it's free. And, and I was doing flying videos. I had a friend who was a Google developer who was a pilot. And we got on the phone and we called him and said, Free, like we can build anything we want. You have a football stadium and there's no cheerleaders or, or beer or hot dogs. We can just come on over with our van and sell stuff. They're like, yeah, come on, do it. Little did they know what they're getting themselves into. So in the same way, the users drive or, or drove the success or failure of, of Ning into the ground because they decided to cut off everybody that was doing what they wanted to do. Buddy Press and BB Press Got no attention, no love. No. As all the fun moved to the Buddy Boss party because Buddy Boss did the thing that they should have done. They made it sexy. They made it cool. They turned it into an app. They gave people a business motive. They have support. They have marketing. Everything you wanted was in the party at Buddy Boss. And this is an example of how, back to our past story, WordPress 
could be super freaking cool if we could all just get together as a platform on .org and build stuff as features instead of having the Wizard of Oz keep going, ah, ah, unplug them, ah, no, not that, no, you can't do that. Because this is what happens when people take cool little germs of idea and interact with human beings. Yeah. Well, right, so, John, um, what I really... This, you know, it might be my impression was this attempt in, it was a slight hit piece. Um, they seem to be, because um, they had a link to a video and they seem to be suggesting that Buddy Boss was doing, you know, was spreading misinformation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I don't know the truths or outs of that, but I do know that the core when JJ, and I haven't spoken to JJ for a while, but hopefully he will come back on the show, is that he was desperate to get funding, to get resources, and basically he was told, nah, we're not. And in all impractical terms, it was allowed to die. Um, but they seem, they, they in this article, they just don't seem to accept reality, do they, John? I found the whole thing bizarre. What's your own thoughts, John? I mean, it is very interesting because several years ago, uh, BuddyPress was one of the plugins that would get suggested to you at, at the top of the, the plugin repository. And, yeah, BuddyBoss forking it and other uh, types of uh, membership um, plugins out there existing, it really killed it. But Buddy Boss, like taking it, improving it, much how WooCommerce forked Jigo Shop and killed it off is the same thing that's happening uh, in front of us. Uh, there's so many solutions out there um, that it, if they don't evolve with the times and, and somebody else comes along and improves it, that's where everybody goes, and you see that momentum shift. Uh, I don't know anything about the video, like attacking them as a competitor. I mean, I really don't even think in 2022 uh, of BuddyPress as uh, a solution when there's so many other solutions oh, out there. I couldn't yeah, recommend. So. Is I, I just looked at a client site that uses it. It's abandoned. Uh, for all intents and purposes. There is, by the way, another social plugin that is not abandoned in the WordPress plugin repository. But by the time you're done with it, quite frankly, we found you might as well just go to BuddyBoss. By the way, the video page, if anyone clicks the link, go to the video page and tell me there's any possibility you disagree that that coulda, woulda, shoulda been done by automatic and years ago. And then everybody under the sun would be using BuddyBoss right now. Because it's just so well done as a simple, obvious solution for explain to me why I need this product. But when you leave people to their own devices, especially automaticians, and you say, oh, I'm not going to get behind it. I'm not going to put money on it. I'm not going to do marketing. Look at the homepage of WordPress.org, right? A couple weeks ago. Matt going, eh, go use a third-party tool to design the homepage, for God's sake. So this is just about having people incentivized to make money who are professional marketers and salespeople. And then everything would be groovy because that's the world we're living in, capitalistic motivations. I mean, so, Matt, um, you know, I don't know if you had time to look at this article because I sent it to you quite late in the day. Um, but in general, you know, I, I think WordPress can kind of 
rejuvenate. I don't know if it's going to. It just this particular article interested me, Matt, because I, I just saw saw it as a as a insight into the larger community and some of the problems. What, what's your own thoughts about this, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, BuddyPress is a name that I haven't seen on a client site in a while. So, um, and, and yeah, I, I only got the article uh, this morning. So I was kind of skimming through it while you guys were talking. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it is like the good thing about open source is that it is competition and other plugins can come around and they can. Uh, take over and provide better features, better functionality, whatever it may be, and people move there. Um, but yeah, it is difficult when there's 20 or 30 solutions doing similar things. So I honestly don't know what the future holds. Um, but yeah, I mean, Spencer, I think, had interesting thoughts about everybody going in and building the functionality together. Right, Sally, just to finish off, I just don't know if it's me. Instead of having a go at Buddy Boss and having a dig at them, they should be bloody thankful that somebody took it over and moved it on a bit. You know, they're the ones that allowed it to semi-die, for God's sake. Uh, and that, but uh, well, it, you know, people are always hostile when you point out where they've screwed up. Um, uh, 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 so that might be, yeah, uh, 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 that might be some of, some of where that comes from. Uh, I think it all missed the point that uh, one reason that uh, this may have declined uh, 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 among the many uh, good points that other members of the panel have made already is simply that um, lots of people have tried creating their own social network and found it was a dismal failure because people don't want to go there. Uh, and so folks end up running Facebook groups and this and that and sort of whine about, you know, having Facebook in control of things. But because Facebook is where everybody is already, then that's where they are or, you know, Discord or whatever, depending on your, uh, 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 you know, where your people hang out. But so for that whole, uh, create a social network thing. Uh, there are other tools. And what a lot of people want in a membership site is not uh, so much to create a social network as to have content restriction or subscription payments or, or other things that I are very well handled by, by other hmm. plugins. I think you're totally right there, but I think various people have different needs, don't they, Sally? Don't well, they? sure. There's all kinds of different different things and i think it's a pity that uh you know that buddy press didn't get more love but you know i also think it's a bit simplistic to say oh the only reason uh, or even the main reason that usage of this particular plugin has declined is because these buddy boss boss <laughs> people over here afford the plugin well like Maybe if you had kept up active development a bit more, <laughs> then you might have had something original uh, uh, on your yeah, side. Yeah, that, that was the whole, the whole, it was just the whole tone kind of rubbing up the wrong way, Sally. Um, the, the whole piece just rubbing up. It really did. And I thought myself, wake up for God's sake. Just wake up, will you? Well, we're going to go for our break. 
Matt looks confused. I think it'll be another couple of years before he comes back. <laughs> uh, um, but we will be back in a few moments, folks. Build next-generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no-code form plugin. Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com. Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. Hey, Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to FocusWP.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white-label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the Tribe. With FocusWP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love. Outsource the rest. We're coming back. I just want to plug my summit, which Spencer and Matt's going to be part of. It's the 29th and 30th. It's the Membership Success Summit. Got Pat Flynn. We got Matt. We got Spencer. We got Rob Rowling. We got Morton Hendrickson. Oh my God, we got some fantastic speakers. Um, you'll find the link in the show note on the WP Tonic Facebook page and in the notes supporting this video on YouTube. So please sign up. You can watch it for two days for free. It's going to be fab. We're, and Matt's doing a great job in promoting it as one of the speakers, and so is Spencer. And I appreciate you being part of the team, both of you. So on to the next story. On to the next story, as they say. Get my list. Um, oh, yeah. Twitter may have hired Chinese spy and for four takeaways from the Senate hearing. Well, this saga about Twitter, it it supplied me with so many stories and it continues. Matt, how do you think this is all going to pan out for Twitter? Uh, Twitter is a strange beast to say the least, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where Twitter's going to go with this. I think a lot's actually going to hinge on whether this uh, takeover with Musk goes through or not. Because if it doesn't go through, I, I think they've just been dragged through the mud for the last year. All their dirty laundry has come out. They, they've been in the focus in the media in all the wrong ways. Uh, it, it's going to be rough for them. But I, part of me is actually kind of optimistic because... Uh, otherwise, I mean, Twitter's just been going the way it's been going for years and years, and it hasn't been that exciting. Maybe this will be like a sort of do or die moment for them where the platform completely transforms. And I could see that. 
as a possible outcome. And I could see that making Twitter way more enjoyable again. Well, I think they should allow the Chinese Communist Party to buy them out like TikTok, you know, same management. That's what I reckon. I think they're probably owned by the Chinese government already, aren't they? Uh, um, I've been sarcastic now, Matt. I would never. Oh, John. I think John wants to jump in. Yeah, I want to jump in. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I think that Twitter has actually gotten more interesting over time for me as a user. Um, but I, I saw that this article was from NPR and I know that. Like in a lot of people, well, wait, listen to what I'm going to say. I know in a lot of people's mind, their NPR is like a left-leaning liberal um, media source. But in the last couple of months, I don't know, they've made this inexplicable shift, the right word. And I don't know how to explain it, but uh, it's a definite bias shift that I have noticed. Now, this article talks about how they have a, they hired a Chinese spy and like a, you know, whatever, Indian foreign agent or whatever. But, but you know what? Most of these social platforms, probably the same, probably the same thing. And let's talk about like Facebook, like having like Peter Thiel and all these people that have like agendas to uh, have this completely right far right wing like leaning bias in in the stories that they push on Facebook giving all this help to Donald Trump to get him elected giving basically like giving him like concierge service to to run ads that that uh, attack all that but you know that's old news but uh the interesting part too is they close this we're talking about the Elon Musk deal the Elon Musk deal is not going to go through Elon Musk only wanted to buy this because it came out that uh, he has all these kids with like different people that he was working at the company with. Well, he's he was, into eugenics and he's doing he's, his bit, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> he's like his pin tweet is about like we got to get the birth rate up. He tweets all well, he's this done like, his right, bit, isn't he? He's got a, yeah. He's got his he own tweets all this right wing stuff. He? He's like completely like you know. I mean, but look at his origins, and it makes sense. Uh, when you look Don't at it, worry, not, Matt. We're going to yeah. finish your career. We have a go at everybody, Matt. But, but uh, um, yeah, the, the Musk deal is not going to go through. He doesn't want to buy it. He doesn't want to cough up the forty-four billion. The other thing is, he has a transgender daughter that doesn't want have anything to do with him, and that was coming out. And he wanted to squash uh, all of this stuff. It was just like a whim. He didn't want to do due diligence. That he was his lawyers were complaining nice. in court, and the judge said you know how come this wasn't come out and the judge is like well we never did due diligence and you insisted on that so i guess we'll never know so yeah the deal is never going to go through he he's oh. going to end up paying the fee and whatever but i mean honestly of all i mean and twitter don't get me wrong twitter has like a lot of problems it has a lot of bots so does facebook so does any of these social platforms that push different agendas and there's all kinds of like well, sock we had cup, this, sock we had, accounts. We had Definitely. this discussion last week yeah. or the week before. I think it was the week before that their business model, they're bound to be infested with bolt, bolts and all this garbage because the business, you know, it needs real proper curation and curation, the business model, you know, unless you have technology solves it, um, it's 
it's not achievable. So you just end up with this hot mess. It's part of the business model. Uh, it was in built into the model from day one. So what, why why are you ex? You know, I would. I'm so shocked to learn that every intelligence service under the sun tries to get its agents in in Facebook and Twitter. I'm shocked and horrid to hear this. They would never do that, would they? So go on, Spencer. I'm just shocked that Steve Carell is testifying at this event. That's the thing. Well, this is the this is the best part, <coughs> right? Is he's there with a with <laughs> a for anybody uh, looking at the picture, by the a, way, a, hair, a haircut and uh, a very nice suit and a tie. Uh, and, and you know the article is like, and his hacker name Mudge, um, and I'm like, dude does not look like he ever had a hacker name in his life. But there's a link to another article with a picture of him in 1998 with, with very long with very long hair. He's still wearing a suit. I, I was impressed that he he was wearing a suit uh, uh, at, at the time. But uh, uh, yeah, that that you could. Uh, that you could picture it, but it's like, ah, yes, more grown-up hippies. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny, really. Just as a, I'm going off topic a little bit, but I, I, I used to listen listen to the All In podcast with Jason and his billionaire buddies, but I can't listen to it anymore. That prick, David Slack. Every time that fucker opens his mouth, I just want to. It just brings heat. Hatred and anger into my heart, and I, you know, I just want to smack that geezer in the face, basically. But um, it's not a great feeling, isn't it? So I've stopped listening to it. Max even getting it. Max's eyes are just getting. Bigger. He's, he's looking at. Yeah. Well, there goes our explicit rating for the day. Yeah, <laughs> I just it just brings out the real worst out of me, and I'm so ashamed. But that geezer, I, I just don't know what planet he lives on um whatever it is i don't want to be there uh, um so <laughs> there we are on to the next story uh um, so what what wordpress community can learn from um well i need to put my glasses on this is terrible i'm sorry i think um, i think it was cloudflare yeah. was there another one? Oh, uh, there was another story. Uh, uh, Cloud, Cloudflare was the final one, I believe. What yeah. was the WordPress there? Oh, yeah, the WordPress BTS. can learn from BTS. Take a break. What do you reckon about this one for Spencer? I got the pleasure, honest to God, pleasure of meeting Naisha and Brian yes, Cords and uh, Daniel, who's there. I mean, I have everybody I wanted to meet, I got to meet, but Naisha in particular. Um, there's some good well, she says right such up. nice things about me as well. And I interviewed them um, at the event. Well, I literally interviewed all 600 people there, did I, Spencer? You were a machine while I was in the hot tub on the beach going in the convertible. You were just grinding out those interviews the whole time. Um, but anyway, she she speaks to something that I was discussing uh, regarding this event, but also in general. Um, this is a daily event, right? Like I, we were just joking before the show, like Jonathan and I met 16 years ago or 50, whatever the hell it was. It was a million years ago and times 365 days. Like if every day you're thinking only of your ultimate goal, you're going to burn out. So you have to reward yourself along the way by not taking it too seriously, having fun, setting little cookies and treats along the way. 
And for me, this was actually one of them because we used to joke on the show how I never leave the house. Well, I leave the house here, but I never leave the house to go to events because I don't believe in events. But I actually took full advantage of this weekend. And it was great because I don't think it was ever in my mind that there was work involved. I mean, everybody that I met was a vendor or something to do with WordPress, but it was all just like talking about everything but. And I think that she's got it right. By the way, she's hilarious too because... Uh, when she, got, I follow her on Twitter. When she got home, she dropped a knife on her foot and had to go in for surgery. So after a bunch of other drama, trying to get her Uber and trying to get home and everything else, then she drops a knife on her foot. But she's just such a good spirit. And I think everything in this article resonates with me personally. Naisha makes this community better. And uh, like a lot of the people who are contributors for master wp i enjoy their podcast press the issue i enjoy their newsletter i enjoy the fact that um we're getting like different viewpoints uh finally and i i think that they're a welcome addition to the pantheon of wordpress news sources and blogs and discussion i i love them and i love nye she's awesome yeah, they they've brought us some fresh air into a rather stale um, news ego system in WordPress to stir it up a little bit, haven't they? What are you rating, Sally? Uh, well, all of the above, but um, yes, take a break. Um, and I mean, it's kind of hard for me to know how much of that uh, you know toxic hustle culture there is in WordPress relative to anything else um and uh but uh the idea that you know you you cannot just drive yourself all the time you will collapse you will not you know it's it's not good for your work and it's certainly not good for you uh as a person and to you know stop take a break uh, enjoy yourself. Recharge your creativity is wonderful. I mean, I'm somebody who's, you know, who has to take a whole lot of breaks all the time because I'm sick. And uh, so, you know, the the hustle culture was never an option. Um, and, uh, you know, what do you know? It turns out that for people who don't have uh, debilitating chronic illnesses, uh, uh, all of that constant go, go, go isn't good for you either. Uh, and this is one of those things that like nobody should have to tell us this, but very obviously she had to tell us this because uh, people have not been, uh, 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 people have not been paying attention uh, to their self care. And we have a work environment that encourages people to completely disregard the idea of self care. Um, hello, Amazon. Um, so, Matt, got any comment on this one? Yeah, I mean, owning a business is all I know. I've done it for 16 years and I've barely ever done anything else. So I've burnt myself out several times doing exactly that. Go, 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 grind, grind, grind. And it's never ended well. And it's always been a net negative where whatever I gained from burning myself, you know, burning the candle at both ends, I lost twice over in recovery later when inevitably everything kind of collapsed around me. So, I mean, I completely agree with take a break. 
And I, I think if you read between the lines too, it's also filter, right? So choose where you put your focus, choose where you put your efforts and don't get involved with everything. Like for me, that's been the big thing is like, like for example, now I finish work by five, basically almost every single day. And you'll never find me working at like nine at night. Whereas when I was younger, that's basically all I would do is work, work, work. And filtering has been the big thing that's allowed it to happen. I set my priorities. I focus on those things. And I choose not to get involved or put effort into things that aren't those priorities because I know the inevitable result, right? It will be burnout. It will suck. And I will be further behind than I was before. Yeah, I think the great points I'm going to drop, but I don't want this becoming War and Peace. Matt needs to go off and recover from this experience. So, uh, um, so uh, um, you, you seem to be taking off. I've had some guests that have just looked totally stunned, absolutely stunned by the end of the show, actually. Um, well, you got to take a break. Yes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, go on to our recommendations of the week. Mine is a YouTube channel in. Indigo Traveller, Indigo, Indigo. I can never pronounce stuff nowadays. It's just terrible. Um, it's it's a New Zealand guy, and he goes to countries that wouldn't exactly be on top of your list to visit. Um, and he shows the normal people in these countries. Um, and I've learned so much at watching this guy's interaction with all sorts of people. And it's a real eye-opener where the capital that's all available, where it should be spent in moving the human condition forward and helping people. And you just got to admire these normal people in these countries and they've got everything against them, yet they still struggle. And it's just a real eye-opener and I highly recommend it to the listeners and viewers. So, Spencer, what's your recommendation of the week? Um, A plugin that now, for some reason, more than ever is necessary, disable admin notices individually. (laughs) Um, There was a change in the recent WordPress that now, it didn't functionally change it, but stylistically changes the admin notices. And my pet peeve is that because I do develop a plugin or two, that people who make these plugins that have a million notices that keep spawning don't put specific classes around the things they're posting so that you could remove them yourself with CSS. So what this plugin does is essentially anything that pops up gives you like a little option to hide this from me forever. And I think this is a conversation that we've revisited before where it's like a bridge taggers keep spray painting every time you install another plugin it's like the entire top of the site is taken over in some cases outside the admin dashboard this at least helps the problem well you say sprayers i say cockroaches some of them are just like i've seen ones that are even woocommerce it's just like like 1400 pixels high of stuff it's crazy i don't know god it's just awful in it i wish there's just some it's madness. It's bonkers. It's Jack the donkey. Shag the donkey, isn't it? You know, it's my catchphrase, Matt. I, I kind of, I, 
Uh, I lit it out a few months ago, and it's become the catchphrase of the show. And actually, people at word, I had actual some people shout it out across the hotel at me. I, uh, I, I, I think you should. I, I mean, I'm going to implement t-shirts. I'm yeah. t-shirts. t-shirts. I am reaching out across the aisle to Rob today. Yeah. To make bling over at Master WP with your face and the tag name. <laughs> Shag the donkey. Shag, shag back. Uh, no, not listen. you, Matt. It's not the other one. Uh, rather than, <laughs> sorry. Um, Sally. Sally. Have you got Yes, I have a recommendation, uh, uh, which came about in the course of my doing some research for a new client. Um, they have a, a very large... Uh, and somewhat out of date mailing list uh, that they need to migrate, uh, you know, onto a an email platform. Uh, uh, but I thought, you know, maybe we should try to clean up that list first. Mm-hmm. Did a little research uh, and found this thing with the uh, very descriptive name of email list verify. Uh, and uh, what happens is you upload your list and they test it to see, are these email addresses, uh, you know, like real addresses? Do they go someplace? Uh, <laughs> so it says, you know, domain and SMTP validation, spam track checker, disposable email cleaner, catch-all domain checker, syntax error validator, hard bounce checker, MTA validator, and duplicate remover. Uh, and so you put your list uh, in there. And you come out uh, uh, with a list of emails that and will actually work. it's all clean. Work. It's all nice and clean. Uh, yes, it's all it's it's all addresses that will reach someone. Now, uh, you know, in this case, there may still be people at the end of those emails who will choose to unsubscribe from the client's uh, uh, mailing list, as is their privilege. Uh, but <clears throat> that's. Uh, <clears throat> something that uh, seems like it's uh, useful and uh, the price is, is considerably less than other such tools. So this client has a list of about uh, uh, 40,000 uh, people. Um, I'll tell, tell you something else that's worked, Sally. I, 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 I've managed to find a way to stop people. I, I, every week I get embodied. Um do you want to? Would you mind if we can publish an article on your website and have a backlink? And uh, and, and they uh, keep pestering you too. Well, I, I stopped it now because I send them a link to my sponsorship page to sponsor the podcast. They actually have to give money, and I'll and let them put an article. On, and I never hear any. I never hear anything back, Sally. I never. And they Imagine. stop. Yeah, and they never stop. They stop emailing me as well. That's amazing, isn't it, Sadie? You would have never thought that, would you? Uh, no, no, never. Just like you know, if you uh, <laughs> if you have a form that's a payment form, it never gets spam. Don't have to worry about putting the spam checker on the gravity form that requires a credit card and a purchase. Um, uh, so yeah, but it's you know, it's ninety bucks for for uh, fifty thousand emails, uh, bad, which seems it? seems like a bargain. Uh, so I'll uh, uh, I've got that link in uh, Slack and uh, uh, also in our chat here. So John, got a recommendation for the tribe? Yeah. So um, I don't know if if you follow like any of uh, my Twitter feed, but uh, Daniel Chung, who's an Australian SEO, 
He had a wonderful podcast in the past called Make SEO Simple Again. I don't like the name, but I like the podcast. Uh, but he has a new podcast called Dreading Sundays. Dreading Sundays? Dreading Mondays? Uh, yeah, Dreading Sundays. Anyway, he interviews uh, Jamar Ramos, who's been on this show. It's a wonderful interview uh, about... Um, uh, being like kind of a, a, a manager, like an SEO or, or being a director of a, a, a team. And it's a, a, a great insight into leadership uh, in the SEO space. So check that out and check out all the uh, back episodes of Dreading Sundays. It's an amazing podcast. I love the title. I got to say, I love the title. And John, I don't think this podcast could be much different to the taverns and post-status podcast, could it? Really, could it? It couldn't be much more different, could it? I agree with you, one hundred percent. Just a little, it's just a little bit, really, isn't it? Uh, um, Matt, have you got a recommendation for the tribe, Matt? Uh, sure. Um, I think I'll recommend Segmetric. So one of the problems that we encounter, Matt. Matt. Yeah. I'm going off you now. You should obviously be recommending the Membership Success Summit, shouldn't you? Oh, I was even going to say that too. Shoot, I was going to say that too. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm actually was. I was, I was going to say, well, first, the Membership Success Summit. Um, and it was going to be without Jonathan's prompting, but here we are. Um, you should definitely check that out. I'm personally super pumped for it. I actually am. Because uh, Jonathan's been doing a really good job bringing people together and promoting it. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to it, I think, two weeks from now. Um, yeah. Uh, and on top of that, uh, I'll, I, I heard everyone else like mentioning tools and things like that. So uh, and especially Sally got me thinking. So I'll recommend Segmetrics because it's one of the tools that we use. Uh, that's fairly cross-platform and especially useful when you have like different WordPress plugins. What it does is it basically takes e data from different sources, most notably your email list and your payment processor, such as Stripe, for example. And it combines it together and then it crunches all sorts of data for you. So you can get all sorts of statistics like customer lifetime value, um, and and revenue and everything that's really hard to pull out. But then it lets you segment that data based on all the information in your email list. So that you can actually now easily calculate tons of performance data across a specific segment of your users, which is very difficult to do on a lot of platforms because they don't always have that segmentation data or they don't have the reporting capability to do it. Or this is nice because as long as you can get the data into that tool, then you can have the same dashboards, the same capabilities, regardless of what email system someone has, payment processor, uh, membership plugin, whatever it may be. Uh, and for us, it's been a game changer because for us, that data is really important. So that's Segmetrics. And if you're into that, I would check that out for sure. And the Success Summit. Yeah, thank you, Matt. You, you've been a champ. You've dealt with my madness very effectively. Um, pa <laughs> um, panel, I think it's been a great show. I think we've discussed some stories. Um, you dealt with me as effectively as you normally do, panel. Um, I want to say to the listeners and viewers, thanks for being part of the tribe. 
please come and um, watch us live and comment and uh, we publish the comments. It's great to give, get more interaction during the show. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.